Welcome to the Gathered Podcast. In the book of John, chapter 8, verses 1 through 11, the Pharisees, ever the villains in the story of Jesus, bring to him a woman caught in adultery. This woman was caught in the act, but she was not brought to Jesus for righteous reasons. Rather, she was brought to him as a trap. Note how only the woman was brought to Jesus when the very law that the Pharisees were citing required both the man and the woman caught in adultery to be put to death. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 10. The book of John tells us as much. These men had taken this woman in a very serious act, but all they wanted to do was trap Jesus. They had no interest in the woman's repentance or salvation. Some may be apologetic and say that these wanted to test Jesus' wisdom, but what the account in John makes clear is that these men were not interested in any of that. All they wanted was Jesus to say something that would discredit himself. If Jesus let the woman go, he would be condoning adultery. If he commanded her to be stoned, Jesus would be contradicting his statements that he came to teach something better, and his compassion would be called into question because he would be seen as a hypocrite. But we know the story. Jesus shows the men the sin in their hearts, frees the woman, and commands her to sin no more. And while this story lends itself well to sermons of forgiveness and compassion, today we will focus on the quote-unquote sin aspect that this event teaches. What I mean by this is that we in the church often attempt to present an image of perfection. It's part of our culture, especially in the church here in America. We present this image though we are far from perfection and sadly sometimes godliness. As I've mentioned in other occasions, it's important to not fall into that trap. I clarify that this is not accepting sin and doing nothing about it. Rather, it is recognizing that one is not perfect and that we are works in progress. And as Paul said, in recognizing this, we should help out our brothers and sisters. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. So together, we can reach godliness. But this has a secondary lesson for us as Christians. As we turn this lens outward, we must realize and accept that everyone and everything has been affected by sin. Romans chapter 8, verses 19 through 23. Another point of clarification. By sin, I do not mean solely the sin of our forefathers. I mean our own sinful actions. Sin begets sin, after all. When we see and accept that there is darkness in all people, we are able to see reality for what it is. At first glance, life seems cruel and unfair, cold and uncaring. We see the egoism, the malice, the greed, and so on in people all around us. It is overwhelming to the point that we might believe things to be hopeless when we remove from our eyes those rose-colored glasses. But as our spiritual eyes adjust, we start seeing something else. We start seeing the contradictory nature of humanity, how the worst among us can fight and become the best among us, and how often those who claim to be perfect are clearly not. This is why Jesus only wrote on the floor before responding to those who tried to trap him. He knew their sins and their intentions with this show. He did not entertain their anger, their rage, and their supposed righteousness. He simply wrote on the floor. What he wrote, we do not know. He could have been writing their sins, or he could have just been writing to distract and bother the accusers 
before letting them know that they had already lost. After having let these people show their true nature and intention, he exclaimed, Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. No one could cast a stone. Everyone was with sin. To see the world in this way is not to become a pessimist. When we ask God to give us his eyes so that we may see how he sees, we think of solely compassion and seeing the good and the bad. But we forget that God knows our hearts. Proverbs chapter 21 verse 2, Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 10. And as such, he can see real monsters hiding behind a facade of godliness. But as mentioned, he can also see true good potential in those that have already been deemed lost and irredeemable. Thus, God's compassion is so amazing that being able to see the worst in us, he still died for us. For while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. There is power in those words. To see the world in this way is to accept that people can have a great capacity for evil, but they also have a great capacity for good. It is to see humanity as what it is, corrupted by sin, society, or whatever you may want to call it, without naivete, and to know that it can still be restored. Seeing the darkness in humanity, let's not flinch from it or pretend that humanity is good all the time. Rather, let us see people, including ourselves, for what they are, flawed beings that need guidance, who are worthy of compassion, but can also do terrible things. Let's be as Jesus wants us to be, wise like serpents, but gentle like doves. Matthew chapter 10, verse 16 exhibiting true selfless compassion, but knowing that there is real evil out there in the world. This subject may be seen as too heavy now at the start of the year, but because this is the time of the year where we are considering changes, remember themes, non-resolutions, then it is important that we ask God to let the scales fall from our eyes, Acts chapter 9, verse 18, so that we can see things for what they are. Again, Note that Jesus' main intention in revealing the sins of the people in that moment was not to shame those who had tried to trap him, though I'm sure they were, but to free the woman caught and used in their trap. He absolved her of that sinful action, but asked her to sin no more. This is indicative that Jesus saw and knew that the woman was indeed guilty, but he offered her a second chance, redemption. We can change even if the rest of the world does not, and that hope remains. After all, Jesus is our living hope, the perfect human, who is without sin and worthy of being imitated. And while there is darkness in the world and in us, in Christ there is only light. John chapter 8, verse 12. Thanks for listening. I'm Pastor Elvis, and we'll talk again soon.